My dear friends, good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our C2 service here at Community Church, where we are always and constantly reminded that we are all God's children. We are all welcome here. We are all affirmed here. And we, all of us, all children of God, are loved by God. It's a beautiful morning this morning. We have communion. It's Communion Sunday, so we will be having a chance to break bread together today. And it is also, believe it or not, the first Sunday in Advent. So we have some beautiful um, music to praise the Lord with today surrounding communion and surrounding Advent. And it is a beautiful day that the Lord has made for us today. We should celebrate and we should rejoice. So I will invite you, if you care to, to stand and sing along. I think you'll know this first call to worship song this morning. Morning has broken for us, friends. Let us be glad. Let us rejoice. Please stand.
Please be seated, friends, as we take a moment to celebrate hope on this first Sunday in Advent as we light our first Advent candle of the season. Today is the beginning of Advent, the preparation time for celebrating Christ's birth. We are here because God's promises to our ancestors came true when Jesus was born. God's promise is kept each Sunday when we worship because Christ is in our midst. God will keep the promise to come again in glory. And now a reading from Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. We light this candle to proclaim the coming of the light of God into the world. With the coming of this light, there is hope. Because of Christ, we not only have hope, but we believe that good is stronger than evil. God wants us to work for good in this world. Please pray with me. Oh God, we thank Thank you you that Jesus brought hope into our world. By By the the good good news news of the Bible, you are still bringing hope to people. Help us to be ready to welcome Jesus Christ so that we may think good thoughts, do good deeds, and so that we may be a people of hope in our world. Amen. Uh, We have some uh, reflective music now that revolves around um, uh, the first Sunday in Advent and also around communion. And I invite you to continue in prayer and thoughtfulness uh, about all it means that how we can be hopeful and awaiting the miracle that is to come.
but I'm feeling pretty close to the spirit right now. <laughs> the peace of Christ, friends, reminds us that God's door is always open. No matter what is happening in our lives, no matter what we are going through, there is a seat for us at the table, and that is the beauty of the covenant 
that we have with the Almighty God. Let us now take a moment to spread that peace of Christ in this Advent season, to greet one another, to share the peace of Christ, and and to love each other in this room. May the peace of Christ be with you. Oh, God is so good, friends. God is so good. It is so lovely to see you this morning. And this is truly one of my favorite parts of the service, spreading the peace of Christ. I enjoy it so much, and it brings me a great deal of joy and hope today on this Sunday of Hope. So before we get into our scripture, uh, I will just remind you all of the incredible work that Rachel does to let you know about all of the upcoming things that are going on here in the church. And if we can maybe bring the lights up for a second, or maybe they're already up. I don't even know. It's hard for me to tell up here. Uh, I invite you to take a quick look at everything that's going on in here. Uh, But I will start uh, lifting up uh, items by giving an update about our beloved, our dear friend and colleague, Ron Cook, who has been in the hospital, as I mentioned to you uh, last week. Uh, He has now uh, been, had surgery for a pacemaker. Um, His issue was afibrillation, and they had a little bit of trouble getting that under control, so they have uh, inserted a pacemaker. I believe he is going home today. Uh, which is very exciting news, and I think they believe that that will certainly help with the problem. Uh, Yes, very good news. Amen. Um, He will still probably be out for quite some time, and I just wanted to let you all know, uh, no obligation whatsoever, but but, uh, to help him bridge the gap a little bit for the time that he is going to be out, his son has created a GoFundMe page for him, uh, it is under the, the GoFundMe website, uh, under Ronnie Cook, and it gives a little bit of an update and explanation about what's going on. And I just wanted to lift that up because I know lots of you care very much about Ron. Uh, he is truly an angel to all of us in this place. He is an individual that I have never heard the words no come out of his mouth. And um, he does some incredible things in this world and for this church. So I just wanted to give you that update. Please, most importantly, keep him in your thoughts and in your prayers. Uh, We have lots of things coming up for this Advent season. We do have our Soul Cafe today. So if you would like to get a snack uh, after the service and uh, get maybe a flavored coffee, please feel free to go back into the commotion room uh, for our Soul Cafe. It's a fundraiser for our youth. Uh, helps them with all their programming and their missions. The youth actually had a lock-in uh, here Friday night, a really good time. That's why I'm a little bit tired today. It takes me longer than a day to catch up these days. Uh, but we had uh, 17 high schoolers here uh, in the church, which was a really uh, a wonderful thing to see, and we had a wonderful time. Uh, some of the folks back there in the booth uh, were there, and some of the folks here in our service today were there. Uh, so if you see one of the youth uh, Say hello to them and and, uh, share some hope with them because they are certainly our hope for the future. Uh, After Soul Cafe, we have hymns and hops today. These are all along the first line uh, of of our items. Uh, We also have (coughs) uh, Habitat Painting Project is coming up next week. Uh, Jingle Jam is coming up in two weeks. Uh, We have a longest night service, Sunday, December 17th. Uh, For those folks that may be having a little bit of a harder time uh, finding their hope in this Christmas season, and there are a lot of folks uh, that do have a bit of a hard time uh, trying to find their hope in this Advent season, so let's keep all of them in mind as well. Uh, To support all of these programs, as most of you know, we keep our generosity baskets by the door there uh, on the table. If you would like to support the missions, 
and the programs of this church, please feel free uh, at the generosity uh, table. And uh, that is a good segue right into our missions uh, moment. Uh, Our missions department is here at the church. Our missions ministry is kicking off uh, some new mission plans. And I invite Beth Livers to come up here and share a little bit of that with you all. (laughs) All right. Am I on? Oh, I'm on. I'm on. Um, First of all, this service, I mean, how can you not? want to go out and spread the word after what the music that we just listened to. I am Beth Livers. I'm a proud member of the missions board. And today I'm here to bring you an exciting opportunity to join in celebrating our 100-year anniversary. We want our members and friends to go out into the community and volunteer. This is what we're all about, helping those who are less fortunate than us. We have set a very low goal, very low, between now and March 31st to log at least 100 days of service in our community by at least 100 individuals providing this service. How easy will this be? As most of you know, this is what we do best. That's community church. To track our progress, we're asking each of you to provide us the information on your volunteer activity throughout the week. We are offering multiple ways to get this done. You can go on the church website, click on the link, and it'll take you directly to our fill-in what you've done this week, and it automatically starts percolating. We are also providing in the church pews, and here in C2, we'll have these on the table, right by those pledge cards or donations and um, prayers, we want, you can write it the good old-fashioned way, and we'll log it for you. And yes, there's the QR code. Everybody loves that QR code. So for those of you who are lovers of QR codes and they want it on their smartphone and then they just have to plug it in and they're done as they're walking out the door, that's available to you as well. From there, we collect all the data to provide a comprehensive report showing just what an impact we are making throughout our community. This data will be updated on our website and in our mission table weekly so you all can see our progress. It's pretty cool. I mean, we've got pie charts saying what percentage of our work is going to what different areas. We're showing how many agencies or others that we're, we are supporting And this is not just limited. We've got a whole list of agencies, if you want to pick them up at the missions table, um, that you can be a part of in volunteering. But just after the chapel service, I had four people come up to me and say, Beth, I'm on the hospital hospital board, and that's volunteering. Absolutely, that's volunteering. Another one, oh, I help my neighbor do his taxes every year volunteer. Anything, even if it's taking, doing groceries for someone that's not able to go get their groceries. These little things, that's what we are all about. So the areas that we're, we've got children, education, homeless with housing needs, 
senior needs, a personal favorite, food insecurity, environmental, and we do want to hear from you, and we can help you if you say, I don't know what I want to do, ask us. We are there to guide and direct you because this list is endless, and we want to help you find your perfect fit. We will be meeting here in Community Hall, so I know we've got the Soul Cafe going. I want you to go get your coffee and your little, little brunch and bring it back in here after the service because we're going to be doing a short presentation of just what this is all about so that you can see a little more in depth. And if you want us to help you set it up on your smartphone or help you log it or have any questions, we on the missions board will be there. So I need to go, but I will say we are Community Church. So I was uh, reminded this week, um, actually, by Reverend Beverly Zell that uh, being ordained, especially in this church, does not what makes you a minister. Uh, what makes you a minister is sharing the love and the hope and the peace of God. And this church is so blessed through its music, through its missions, to have so many ministers. Um, it is really uh, like no church I have other se ever seen in that respect. Everybody here is in ministry, and everybody carries that out into the community and into the world, and it is a, a beautiful thing. Our scripture for today continues on uh, with the book of Jeremiah, and it is quite simply God stating in no uncertain terms that his prophecy and his promises will be fulfilled. Let us hear the word of God for today. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. And the Levitical priest shall never lack a man in my presence to offer burnt offerings, to make grain offerings, and to make sacrifices for all time. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Friend and colleague Anna for the invitation to be here. My husband John is with me as well. We've had a marvelous time exploring Vero Beach. I know why you all love it here. My skin is getting younger by the minute. It's not like this in Massachusetts in December. We are honored to, to be with you. I greet you here in the sanctuary. I also want to say hello to those who are worshiping with us online and those who are in the C2 space. Anna took me there before the service, and I got to hear some of the marvelous music that happens there, as well as this incredible music that happens here. This congregation is richly blessed, and I understand now more why whenever Anna talks about you at our clergy gatherings, she is in love with you and this church. And 
St. Paul tells us not to brag, but she brags <laughs> about how wonderful you are. And I have a feeling you feel the same about her. Let us pray. God, thank you for this opportunity to be together and gather around your word. We know that you are an ever-speaking God, and so we would ask that you too would make us an ever-hearing people. Open our minds, our ears, our hearts, our souls, and make this a living word today, a living word made so by your Spirit alive among and within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was recently cleaning closets, as one does from time to time, and came across a box of treasures. It was that box into which I had piled various things that our daughters, who are now in college, hallelujah, had made when they were young. And one of the things that tumbled out of the box was a, a little tiny handmade booklet pieces of lined paper that were roughly cut with scissors and held together with yellow duct tape and written on the top in a child's handwriting was Adult Dictionary for Children by Caroline. Inside, I discovered words that she had identified with definitions that adults use to answer children's questions, such as soon, as in, when a child asks from the back seat when we will get there, and the adult says, soon. It means, I have no idea, really. <laughs> or, how far till we arrive? Not long, honey. It means, it's going to take a lot longer than I want to tell you because you'll be upset if you know. Or, we'll see. As in, when a child asks, can I have a pony? And the parent says, we'll see. It really means there is no possible way that is ever going to happen. <laughs> Which brings me to Advent. Advent has a lot of different meanings to us as we grow up in our faith, as we grow into our faith. When we're, when we're children, it might simply mean the Advent calendar with the 25 little numbered windows on it that one opens and finds a little picture or a saying, or if you're really lucky, one of those that has chocolate in them. I still really like the chocolate ones. But as we, as we grow up in our faith and our understanding of the Christian tradition and its theology and its liturgy, we, we start to have a more adult understanding of Advent. And we know that it's so much more than a countdown to Christmas. Actually, we, we start to learn that it's a counting forward to the birth of God into our world, to new hope for the world, a journey we make again and again and again, pursuing the hope of the reign of God being fulfilled in real time, in the fullness of time, for the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. We are Advent people leaning in to that hope and indeed to God's promise and so it is that Advent requires a little bit of time travel. We travel back to hear God's promises of a coming Messiah. We travel to the future to hear God's promises of 
the return of Christ and the fullness of the reign of God, the earth once again, and we live in the present with hope all at once, past, present, future. We listen to the prophets. We prepare for a baby who is already born and is yet still coming and find ways to participate in that mysterious reality in the here and now. Advent, the already, the not yet, and the right now, all at once. Past, present, and future converge because time is eternal for God, and God can inhabit all of it at once. Like a kaleidoscope of time turning in on itself, the past, the present, and the future merge in a beautiful, colorful, light-filled display filled with God's radiance. The early church had a phrase they used during Advent. It was Maranatha, which meant, Come, come quickly, Lord. Advent affirms that time is God's home and God's workplace. Time is God's home and God's workplace. The incarnation happens in the midst of real time in our cultural, social, political, and personal daily realities. The ever and always creating God, the ever and always redeeming God, the ever and always sustaining God enters into the real lives of real people in real time because God so loves the world God made. In the incarnation, God enters real time with us. On this first Sunday of Advent, we're greeted by the words of the prophet prophet Jeremiah, who proclaims this promise to his people in his time. The days are surely coming when God's righteousness will be fully known. Now, that's my paraphrase of the longer prophecy that you have in your bulletin that was read for us so beautifully this morning. The days are surely coming when God's righteousness will be fully known. Jeremiah is speaking to a people in great distress. They have suffered incredible devastation, including the destruction of their beloved temple. And they have been exiled from their homes and forced to live under occupation. They were feeling very abandoned by God, and Jeremiah knew they were in need of a strong reminder of God's promises. Jeremiah knew they needed to be reminded that God's promises aren't dependent on circumstances. Jeremiah knew that his people needed to be reminded that nothing can undo God's devotion to God's beloved people. Jeremiah knew they needed to be reminded that 
God's covenant of faithful love remains strong in good times and in bad times. Jeremiah knew his people needed to be reminded that God can't be defeated, that God will never abandon them, and that God is always at work in the midst of their circumstances, whether they can sense it or not. Surely, says Jeremiah, surely the days are coming when God's righteousness will be fully known, when you will fully know that God's righteousness is present. Jeremiah is often called the prophet of comfort, and he speaks these promises to the wearied and the worried, and we can be among them. This week I had a conversation with a young woman in my congregation. She was tearfully telling me of the events of the last several years of her life that led to a severe depression for which she had been hospitalized. A close friend of hers had died by suicide. Her romantic relationship of five years had ended. The pandemic had made it hard for her to complete her graduate degree. Her parents were divorcing. Through tears, she lamented, I used to feel so close to God, but I don't anymore. And I don't understand why a good God let all those things happen and didn't help me through it. Her cry was an Advent cry, a cry of, where are you, God, and would you come? Where is the hope I need? Where is the peace I long for? Where is the joy I'd like to experience again? And how do I feel love once more? As I listened, I could feel her distress, her, her clear longing to feel God's presence in her life again. What came to me to share with her was another promise from Jeremiah, one that he speaks just a few chapters earlier than the one we heard today in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for your harm, plans to give you a future with hope. That promise was for Agnes that day, and that promise is for all of us today or on any day when we need it, when we may long for assurance. I'm going to say it again for you in case you need to hear it this day. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not your harm, plans to give you a future with hope. A few days later, I received an email from Agnes thanking her for the conversation and saying she was beginning to feel a little bit of light enter her darkness and that she felt companioned as we talked. 
she wondered if that might be a manifestation of God's presence. Friends, I will say to you that your pastors are here for you and will always welcome conversation with you anytime that you have questions about God or your spiritual life or are searching for depth or insight. And you can have those conversations with each other. You can trust a beloved brother or sister in Christ to have a conversation like that if you so need. And listening is a powerful way that God's presence enters our world in real time. And you might just be that bit of light for another, or you might experience a bit of light for your own darkness. God promises us to be light that shines in every darkness and promises us that darkness will never overcome it. The mystery and certainty of God's promise and presence, Emmanuel, God with us, that is what we proclaim and ponder and wait for and celebrate in this holy season. Advent acknowledges the longings of a weary and worried world and gives us space to acknowledge our own personal longings. What are your longings? What do you long for in your own life story? What do you long for for this beautiful and broken world of ours? I'm sure some of the longings for our world are shared widely among us. We long for a war, an end to war in Ukraine and Russia and Israel and Gaza. We, we long for shelter for people to be available and for housing and health care to be affordable and accessible for all. We long for this world to be a place where no child or child of God of any age goes hungry or suffers from abuse or is denied education or opportunity. We long for a world where there is no racism or anti-Semitism or where anybody feels hated or dismissed for being other or different. We long for a world where we can affirm and embrace and appreciate each other's differences as a gift from God, God who made a colorful kaleidoscopic world. Perhaps our longing becomes the place where God can work in us. Anna shared with me that you are about to celebrate your 100th anniversary, and it was wonderful to hear the plans for celebrating the service you all do in this community, the ways that you make God's love real to one another and to your neighbors and to all of Vero Beach. My own church in Wellesley, Massachusetts, just celebrated an anniversary as well. We were, we're a New England church, and our anniversary dates back 225 years, which I found quite incredible. <laughs> we were also celebrating the 100th anniversary of the dedication of the current sanctuary. As part of that celebration, we undertook a, a, a gigantic project to renovate and restore the steeple. And you might be able to picture this with me if, if you can picture a, a red brick church on a hill 
with a giant white steeple, a spire stretching eight stories into the sky. The founders of our church and the designers of that sanctuary wanted that spire to be seen for miles and wanted it to remind people that it was pointing to the glory of God in the heavens. The volunteers who were committed to this project, to, to renovating and restoring the steeple, to scraping and painting and repairing it, it, it took quite a tremendous effort with many professionals to help. But one of the volunteers climbed all the way up into the bell tower and up into the, the steeple antenna as far as he could, and, and it was quite amazing what he found up there. Any of you who've been around a church very long know that any closet or cupboard or cubbyhole is a place where people will stash things, and they will stay there for years, maybe decades, maybe a century. So up he went, and he found the most astonishing thing. He found a fully intact cradle. Now, mind you, these are is not an easy place to get to, and the stairs are small and twisty and turning. Somebody put that cradle up there with great intentionality. We have been wondering and laughing about that cradle in these weeks as a congregation, and I have been pondering why it was there. And I have decided that someone placed it there with great thoughtfulness and theological intention. Perhaps as a reminder that our job as a church is not simply to point to the glory of God in the heavens, but to welcome the coming of God in the flesh into our midst. That the church's calling is to be a cradle for God, made flesh, a place where God's love can be born and grow and mature and be made manifest in the community. That's what Advent is, an invitation to us to prepare the way, to become the cradles for the birth of God in real time in real life. So be it. May it be so. Amen. The invitation to the table is simple. Come and eat of the feast. Not a meal to nourish the body, but one to feed the soul. We receive the bread and wine connected to the ages, to the saint of old who felt unworthy, to the seeker who comes with questions, to the youth who wonder what it's all about, to the child who eats with unburdened faith. Woven into this time, the hopes and tears of generations. There is great joy here. No one is turned away, for God is the host, tender, transforming God, who invites us to gather at this table to taste the feast, the same abundant promise offered to our ancestors in faith. Please pray with me. 
Gracious God, time and time again, you've offered your grace, even as we have stepped away. You continue to call us to be your people. You have never left us. We praise you for the second, third, and fourth chances. You are ever patient, always faithful. We give thanks for this time of celebration, for the one this meal remembers, for the life, the ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. With those who have gone before us, whose hands touched the bread, whose lips embraced the cup, we worship you, we glorify you. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he gathered around the table with his closest friends. He took bread, and when he had blessed it, he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant that is sealed in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim my death and my resurrection until I come again. Tender, transforming God, you have invited us to gather at this table to taste the feast, the same abundant promise offered to our ancestors in faith. Time and time again, you've offered your grace. Even as we have stepped away, you continue to call us to be your people. You have never left us. We praise you for second, third, and fourth chances. You are ever patient, always faithful. We give thanks for this time of celebration, for the one this meal remembers for the life, ministry, and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, with those who have gone before us, whose hands touched the bread, whose lips embraced the cup, we worship you. We glorify your name. Amen. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here to this table. Our communion wine is non-alcoholic. Gluten-free wafers will also be found in the tray. Please come forward down the center aisle to receive the bread and the cup and then return to your seat via the side aisles. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Come, for all things are ready. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore at his table. I will feast at the table of the Lord. 
body and the blood of Christ for you. Take and eat. Friends, will you pray with me once more? Gracious and loving God, you have invited us and welcomed us to your table. You have reminded us that all are welcome here, all are loved here. 
You have given us nourishment. You have given us sustenance. You have given us faith. And you have given us love. Lord, in this time of Advent, we ask that you allow us to see hope. Especially those of us that are struggling, that are hurting, that are finding it hard to find your miracles all around. Lord, help us. Help us to know that you have already made the promise that the Christ child is coming and is coming to shower us with love and faith. Please, Lord, help us to know that we find our comfort in you and that through you, we find and offer comfort in each other. Lord, we are grateful and thankful for your holy kingdom, and we are grateful and thankful for the rock that you have blessed us with in your salvation. In your name we pray. Amen. Let us stand, if we are able, friends, one more time and sing the joy and praises of the Lord.
strength, my fortress, and my refuge. My God is my rock, my strength, so who shall I fear? My God is my rock, my strength, my fortress, and my refuge. My God is my rock, my strength, so who shall I fear? Bless me, the rock, the rock of my salvation. Bless me, the rock, the rock of my salvation. Bless me, the rock, the rock of my salvation. is here. The day is coming. All of God's promises will be kept and will be fulfilled. Let us, all of us in here, leave this place as ministers and keep our promises to God. Go in peace, my friends, and may the grace and love of Christ be with you now and always. Amen. One, two, three.